Aloha and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. I'm Luke Lani, your host, and today's episode is called Stretched. Atrophy is the wasting away of body tissue and or an organ. Without exercise, muscles will atrophy. And without spiritual exercise, our spiritual muscles will atrophy. Stretching prevents atrophy and promotes the growth of muscles. Have you stretched your spiritual muscles lately? Do you have spiritual atrophy? It is time to start using those muscles again. How? We will learn in today's episode as my husband Alex preaches on Jesus's healing of the withered hand of a man at the synagogue in Matthew chapter 12 verses 9 through 14. Before we read, if you'd like to support our ministry and keep us ad-free, please go to amenpodcast.com. Verse 9. He went on from there and entered their synagogue, and a man was there with a withered hand, and they asked him, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So that they might accuse him. He said to them, Which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand, and the man and the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. Amen. Going to be looking at uh, why we need to stretch, why we can't stretch, and the solution uh, to being stretched. When we look at this. Uh, passage verse nine, it says that Jesus went from there and went to their synagogue. So he's talking about these religious pharisaical enemies of his who are constantly making up rules and heaping up um, heavy burdens on the people with just uh, standards that these people can't hold to stuff that God never told them to do. um, That was just weighing down on them. So he enters into their synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand and they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so they might accuse him? So they're looking to trap Jesus. These guys really don't like Jesus because Jesus is stealing their shine. Jesus is convicting them. Jesus is shining light on their darkness. Jesus is exposing their evil deeds, uh, their hypocrisy, um, how they have an agenda and they're using God and they're using religion and spirituality to get that agenda. They don't want to build God's kingdom. They want to build their own kingdom. And so they bring a man with a withered hand to the synagogue, the place of worship on the Sabbath to trap Jesus. They had this oral tradition where they said that you couldn't heal on the Sabbath unless somebody, you can only uh, prevent life uh, from being stripped away. You could only prevent death. There was no, uh, the, the law was, if a person was about to die, then you could step in and pause it. You don't, you can save them really. You could just just keep them from dying, and then the next day you could save them. That is not in scripture. That's not in the Torah. Again, it was a part of the spiritual fence that they popped up in order to help them not get anywhere near breaking the real law behind the fence. We talked about that in the last episode, but. This wasn't in scripture. This is something that they came up. It was in their oral tradition. So according to their oral tradition, they were thinking, is Jesus going to be on our team? 
Is Jesus going to subscribe to what we're subscribed to? Is he going to be with us or is he going to go against what we're trying to do here? And so they bring a guy with no intention to help this guy, all the intention in the world to expose this guy, to exploit this guy. And they bring him and he has a withered hand, a withered hand. It just means his muscles in his hand had completely atrophied and they just, they couldn't move. They couldn't stretch out. He couldn't do the normal things that a man in this society would do. So there's a lot of shame to have a withered hand. He couldn't, they lived in an agrarian society. So uh, they were farmers, they were shepherds. He couldn't do the normal things that a man would do. So he felt less of a man, less of a human. Mm -hmm. Um, He was ashamed of his hand. He was embarrassed of it. He was also um, seen as unclean, like something's wrong with you spiritually Mm -hmm. because they would believe according to the false teaching of these enemies of Jesus, these Pharisees, they would believe that because your hand is messed up, Mm -hmm. because you're deformed, because you don't look like us, God doesn't like you. God is punishing you. Wow. When that's not the case. Mm -hmm. The case is all deformities, all sickness, all illnesses, all things wrong with anybody is because of what went wrong in the garden. Right. And so sin uh, rears its ugly head in different ways. Sometimes that's through deformities. Sometimes it's through brokenness. Sometimes it's through behavioral issues, uh, sickness, whatever it may be. Ultimately the wages of sin is death. The payment that we get for sin is death and death looks all kinds of different ways. And so this guy's hand had died. Mm -hmm. It wasn't functioning Mm -hmm. properly like the rest of his, his body. And so he would have been treated differently in church. He would have had to sit at the back of the church. He would have been, you know, scowled at. He would have been laughed at. He would have been mocked at. He felt like less of a human. There was a lot of shame that came with this kind of hand problem. And so don't you see the need that we have to stretch because we are this guy. We need to be able to stretch out our spiritual hand again. We need to be able to pick up an ax, pick up uh, a rake, pick up, you know, the paw of our, the hoof of our sheep, We need to be able to do in the spiritual realm what we were always meant to do, but we Mm -hmm. can't. We need to be able to stretch out our hand, but it's withered and it's decrepit and it's bent over and it's not able to do anything. It's useless. And that's who we are in the kingdom of God. That's who we are in the spiritual world. We're useless unless God gives us the power to stretch out those spiritual muscles again. But they brought this guy just to exploit him and to trap Jesus. And so look at verse 11 through 12. It says, he said to them, which one of you who has a sheep, if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not take hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. So Jesus traps them back. They think they're going to trap Jesus and they're hell bent on doing that. And Jesus, he, he says, listen, doesn't the law say that if your sheep falls down, you can pick it up, you can help it. And isn't a person more valuable than a sheep? Then it's not wrong to heal this man on the Sabbath. Isn't the Sabbath for doing good? It's not just for making sacrifices. It's not just for, uh, um, it's not just about, the prevention of doing anything. It's not just about, you know, 
being able to point at ourselves and look and say, I did nothing. I obeyed it perfectly. That's not what it was about. It was about the good of God. That's why he gave us Sabbath in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so he says, isn't it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? And he, mm-hmm. and then he's healed. He's going to heal him. Now through this, what Jesus is teaching us is that we can't stretch because of how stretched we are. Mm. Now to say someone is stretched thin, it means like, Oh man, I have, I got so much on my plate. I'm so busy. I'm so worn out. I'm so, uh, overwhelmed i'm stretched you know even in in sports when someone gets beaten badly in the score they say wow they got stretched and that's what the situation of this man is he is so stuck in this place because first of all these religious people are dragging him to church to exploit him to expose him Mm. to further shine a light on his shame so he's stretched in that way He's also stretched because you can guarantee his work is backed up because he only has one good hand. So he's got all these burdens on him from the world and the responsibilities that he has to take on to live financially. He's stretched in that way, stretched socially because he cannot, he doesn't feel, he's not like everybody else. And so he's ostracized. Mm -hmm. He's um, excommunicated. He's estranged from everyone else. This guy is stretched. And this is what our life looks like. We're burdened because we don't feel like we really fit in at our church. Mm. We don't really feel like um, our neighbors understand who we really are. We we feel like we might be the only Christian in our family. Uh, we have the financial problems of like trying to pay rent, trying to pay, trying to pay our bills, mm-hmm. uh, trying to finish college, trying to get through exams. You know, we're stretched because we don't really want to be around our uh, hard to be around family members during the holidays. We are stretched. Mm -hmm. And so we need to be able to stretch our spiritual muscles, but we can't because of how stretched we are. And Jesus sees that. And instead of being in the good old boys club of spirituality, instead of being on the same team as these guys and saying, yeah, I'm with you guys. Let's use these man-made laws, let's use church to really puff up our pride and puff up mm. our power. Mm. You know, we're, let's be more concerned with having power than healing people. Wow. Jesus doesn't do that. He looks at these spiritual counterparts, these spiritual colleagues of his, and he says, I'm not with you guys. I'm not subscribed to what you guys are subscribed to. And so he, he corners them back and says, you know, you're trying to trap me with this? Doesn't the law say this? Doesn't the law say that? Yeah. And remember, Matthew is showing, Matthew says something that Mark and Luke doesn't, and that is in verse nine, he entered into their synagogue. Mm-hmm. Mark and Luke don't really emphasize that. Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience. So Matthew, right then and there in verse nine, is trying to show us that Jesus is about to step in their synagogue on their turf, and he's mm. not gonna, he's not gonna do what they want him to do. If you're a religious, spiritually prideful person, you're going to look at scripture, you're going to look at Jesus, and you'll see that he never does what you want him to do. Wow. Because he doesn't subscribe to that. Hmm. Why? People and the glory of God come first. He sees how stretched we are, and he says, this is what I'm going to do to help you guys out. 
He doesn't join the side of the religious people who are who are just using church, using God, using the law to further their agenda. He doesn't jump on that side. He comes to help. Now look at verse 13 and 14. This is what he does. This is the solution. It says in verse 13, Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him on how to destroy him. So this just shows you the heart of these guys. They, they, Again, they're not here to help. They're not here to heal. They're here to have power. They are hell-bent on hurting people because hurting people is how they got their agenda. Jesus just answered them perfectly according to the law. And if they were really there to heal, they'd be like, oh yeah, you got us. You stumped us. Okay, you know, you're right. Go ahead and heal him. Let's see a miracle today in church. No, they're still bent on killing him, on hurting him, even though he answered them perfectly. So it doesn't matter. Here's the thing with, with, with religious people, religiously prideful people, you can't make them happy. Yes. No matter what you do, whether it's good or bad, they're still going to be upset with you. And so Jesus heals the guy. What does he do to heal the guy? He tells him to stretch out his hand. Jesus asked him to do the very thing that he couldn't do. Because it's by faith. Think about the faith that it might have taken this man to stretch out his hand. Every time he looks at his hand, he's ashamed. Every time he looks at his hand, he feels belittled. Every time he looks at his hand, he's hurt. He's embarrassed of it. Jesus says, stretch it out. In the midst of everybody watching, in the midst of all this um, heated discussion happening, Jesus says, stretch out your hand. And he had a choice to make. Am I going to stretch out my hand or not? It's embarrassing. I don't want to. It's going to take faith. What's going to happen even if I do? Am I going to be laughed at? People are going to point at it. Are people going to uh, gasp? <gasps> Look at his hand. Oh. Shield your eyes. What's going to happen? Jesus says, stretch it out. The very thing that's so hard for us to do is the thing that Jesus tells us to do. If you're going to be able to stretch your spiritual muscles and move away from spiritual atrophy, you're going to have to follow Jesus in obedience. Mm -hmm. You're going to have to do the thing that is so hard for you to do. I mean, this is, this is what Frodo's burden is in the ring or in the fellowship of the ring and, and Lord of the Rings. He has to do the thing that is so hard for him to do. And the whole three movies is about how hard it is for him to carry the burden of the ring. But no matter where he looks, nobody can carry it for him. No one else can do it. He has to do the thing that is the very thing that's going to kill him. He has to do the thing that is the hardest thing for him to do. And the hardest thing for this man to do at this moment would be to stretch out his hand. And that is what Jesus tells him to do. In faith, stretch out your hand. And what happens? Without Jesus touching his hand, without Jesus saying really any abracadabra, any magical thing, he doesn't say anything. All he says is stretch out his hand. Let me see it. Let me see your hand. And what happens? It heals. Jesus heals it. What he's showing us here is... What Jesus does 
he he was stretched so we could stretch. Jesus was stretched so we could stretch. On the cross, it's Jesus stretching out his hands. On the cross, it's Jesus opening up his arms, stretching out his hands, so our hands, our spiritual muscles, our spiritual hands could do the work of God and not be useless anymore. Then at the resurrection, what happens? He gets up from the grave. God raises him from the dead. And what happens? I like to think he stretches because he was just laying down in a tomb for three days. So in my sanctified imagination, I like to think of Jesus standing up, dusting off the cobwebs, stretching and walking out of the tomb with a new body. And on Easter Sunday morning, Jesus stretched so we could stretch. He's given us new life. Now we can move those spiritual muscles. Mm -hmm. Now our spiritual hands that are called to be the hands and the feet, we're called to be the hands and feet of God. Now our spiritual muscles aren't useless. The thing is, how are you going to obey God? How are you going to use these spiritual muscles now that you can stretch? out those spiritual hands. What are you going to do? Mm. In um, the Lord of the Rings, the two towers, Gandalf, after he comes back, he goes straight to uh, the King of Rohan. His name is uh, King Theoden. And he's under this spell from this evil wizard. His eyes are cloudy. He's gotten super old. He looks so disgusting and decrepit. And he's under the spell. He can't speak. He just can't even move. He just sits down all day. He looks horrible. And Gandalf comes and he releases the spell. He regains his youth. His eyes aren't cloudy anymore. He can stand up. He can move. He looks healthy again. And what does Gandalf say after he's healed him? He says, your fingers would remember their strength better if they grasp your sword. Mm. And what does the king do? He picks up his sword. He never thought he'd pick up his sword ever again. He never thought he'd be able to have the strength to grab and grasp his sword and to hold it up. And I love that he says, your fingers would remember their strength better if they grasped your sword. Jesus was stretched so you could stretch. Jesus stretched so you could stretch. When he rose from the grave, stretched and walked out of that, that, that grave. If that's true, it's time to pick up your sword. It's time to use the strength that he paid for by stretching. Mm -hmm. It's time. What is a sword? We know it's the word of God. Mm -hmm. Pick it up and do something. Take a hold of the word of God. Make it a part of your life. Spend time with him in his word. Fill your mind with it and then do something. I don't know what that means, but for, I don't know what that means for you, but for Jesus to say, stretch out your hand, he had to make a choice. Am I going to do this? Am I going to obey him? And we got to make that choice Yes. because for me, before we got married, somebody who's really struggling with lust, Jesus says, I want you to stretch out your hand. Mm -hmm. That meant for me getting married because Paul tells us if you're struggling with lust, get married. Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of situations where Jesus is saying, stretch out your hands. Are you going to do it? 
What does obeying Jesus in your life look like? What is the next step? If you want to move away from the spiritual atrophy, from lack of using your spiritual muscles, he's telling you, stretch out your hand. Obey me. Listen to what I'm telling you. Well, I don't know what that is for you. And, you know, the most recent example of that would probably be for me with my kids, you know, our, we're, we're around the clock. We're asked to tend to our children, you know? And so I have a choice to make. Am I going to put myself first or am I going to put my kids first? Mm-hmm. Every morning I have to ask this. God is telling me to stretch out your hand. And every morning I have to, I have a decision to say, okay, I have to put my stuff aside to help them out with what they need. I have to obey him in this way. That choice is yours. So the question is, have you stretched? Father, we thank you for your son. We thank you for him being stretched and him stretching so we can stretch and so we can use our spiritual muscles again. We thank you for the power that he has, Lord, to um, the authority he has over religion, the power that he has and the authority that he has over um disease, spiritual disease and sin and death. And we pray that you would give us the power to obey you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. This is the part of the episode called After the Amen, where we ask you a question to help you apply this message to your life. And as Alex said, our question today is, have you stretched? Have you stretched? It's so funny because this morning I was, after I got ready, I was like, okay, I need to take some time to stretch because my back is really hurting today. And, um, usually, um, every morning I stretch, I have a routine, but we have some family visiting, so our schedule's a little off. And so it's been about three or four days since I have stuck to that routine and stretched and the pain is just so unbearable this morning. And I just am reminded that like, it's not just a one-time occurrence that we need to stretch our spiritual muscles. Like it's a daily thing. We have to renew our minds daily with his word or just intimacy and time with the Lord in prayer, or we are not going to have the strength to face whatever the day has. And so I think today I needed to stretch both physically and spiritually. I think it's just as I stretch every morning physically, I can remind myself just why it's so important to stretch spiritually. And um, just like looking at this text, it was just so good. And I just love looking again how Jesus deals with the Pharisees. Um, I love how, if you listen to last week's episode, I said like he wasn't just like this kumbaya peacekeeper who just ignored them and went on with his way with a smile. Like he took the time to correct them. He took the time to set the record straight, you know? Um, but then that was it, you know, then he moved on and they did whatever they were going to do. They didn't listen to him obviously, but like he took the time to, to rebuke them, to correct them. And then he moved on. And I think that's what a good reminder for me is like the religious pharisaical people in my life. Like I cannot, stay around them, whether it's listening to them, 
on the internet or physically being around these type of people, um, we don't need to give them our time because what happens, at least what I've noticed in my life is when I start to allow myself to just stay around these people, stay around these people, even though they know the truth, they don't want to like change and, um, they don't want to see the truth. You know, they want to stick to this religious ways of thinking or whatever. I start to think like them. I start to allow what they say to become my thoughts or, and maybe I don't give in fully to that way of thinking, but I'm confused by it. I'm, it's paralyzing kind of like the withered hand, you know, it's par- like, I feel like I cannot function and I cannot think well, and I cannot minister then to those who really do need, or who are really seeking the truth and want to know what God says. And so that was just like a great reminder for me is like, be careful how you spend time with these people. Don't give them more than you need to, you know, um, because like their ways, their thoughts, because we're human, we're not Christ. You know, they, they start to influence us. Yeah. They start to have power over us, which is what they decide desire. And I was just thinking some of like the characteristics of these people, they're unrepentant, know-it-alls, power seeking, dissatisfied, nothing is good enough. They think they think that you owe them something or that people owe them something for their religious knowledge or religious acts that they've done. Um, and we don't need to be around. We need to be humble servants like Christ. And so, um, like you said, with the Lord of the Rings example, grasp the sword, remember the strength. And that was just such a beautiful, because before you said that, that's exactly what I was thinking is like, we need to hold on to the word of God and we need to allow his words to become our words and our thought, his thoughts to become our thoughts. And that's only going to come through time with him. Yes. Listening to biblically sound podcasts and sermons and all that is really good as well. It just helps you right to have the right frame of mind and to think correctly and to ultimately obey him. Um, but we also need that one-on-one intimacy in it. Um, with him. So yeah, that's um, my amen. <laughs> and this is, again, was just such a good sermon. Yeah, guys, I hope this helps. And I love that what you said about just, we don't need to spend time with uh, those who are just concerned with their own agenda and, mm-hmm. and not concerned with the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, these, and you made that very clear. It's not, this, these aren't the same people as non-believers. It's right. The same people absolutely. as like people who are just coming to church, like the withered Struggling hand. Struggling yes. Yeah. But we're talking about the Pharisee enemies equal. and you made mm-hmm. that very clear. And I like that. Just the no nonsense of your amen. Just don't spend time with those people because a lot of times you are who you hang around and God made us to be, God made us to be um, in community and community means like we're easily influenced, you know, mm-hmm. like a community of people, they influence each other, you know, they mm-hmm. help each other. They say, Hey, I got this uh, cream for my load for my uh, sheep. And it's really helped him out. Oh, I'll try some of that. You know, it's like, you know, I try, I've, I found this soil really helps grow my corn. Oh, I'll try some of that. It's like being in community means influencing each other. Yes. It's what we're, we're made to be influenced. Yes. But, um, 
what happens is when you get uh, a sour grape in the bunch, it influences the rest of the the group. And and so what I love what you're saying about just it's not good to be around those sour grapes because it's just you're going to be influenced. Even if you think that I'm going to be the one that come in to influence them, you're going to be influenced, Yeah, you know, because we're made for a community. So mm-hmm. I like that, you know, and, and Jesus, he did not, he spent way more time with people who were sick and needing yes. spiritual help yes. than around those who were spiritually prideful. And mm-hmm. when he was around them, he was often putting them in their place and, and humbling them, you know, yes. and, and showing how opposed he was towards them. Mm-hmm. And uh, just love that. Super cool. Yes. So um, we love you guys. Thank you. Let us know. Have you stretched? Mm-hmm. And we will see you over on Instagram and on YouTube and stuff. Subscribe, like, follow us on those platforms. Amen podcast. That keeps us going. Rate and review. And uh, like the video on YouTube and tell a friend. And we love you. We'll see you in the next one. Yeah. Oh, and we just want to say a special thank you to all of our subscribers on YouTube because we just received our silver play button. Yes. A hundred thousand subscribers. Thank you guys so much. Because of you, we get to do this ad-free weekly. And so just wanted to say a little special thank you. We appreciate you and can't wait to see you all one day. (laughs) Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. Happy Mm -hmm. New Year. Mm -hmm. And we'll see you in the next one. Until then, go out and be the church. Amen.